you know, to, 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 to our Heavenly Father. So that's why my father, my mother put this in us, is to serve God, to treat people with the love of God and just honor them with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul. As what Jesus said to his disciples, which is the greatest commandment, 22 and 37 of, of Matthew, is to love the Lord love that God with all their heart and, and all their soul and all their mind. Another thing say with their body, you know. So, um, but it came through my, my parents. Can I say this also? Um, my father only had like a third grade education. He had his GD very, very late, but he was the first Afro-American black male in a, a very well, well-known organization here called Steel Case. It was an office yes. furniture. But my father took that motherwood sense. Uh, his, he can, despite, in spite of the lack of, of education, he did all that he could to help his children with, with God, divine guidance and direction. Hopefully you're still there. I am. I thank and praise the Lord that as you yes. are speaking, I'm able to allow you to be able to speak with the audience and be on that screen so that you can actually engage directly with them. And so as you were sharing with the audience about your father, that having only that third grade education and how he was able to take that education and actually rear his children in such a way that they love the Lord with all their heart, mind, body, and soul, and that he was able to work at Steel Case, which is a, like you said, a pretty prominent furniture company in Grand Rapids, Michigan, yes. where, which is both of our hometown. I was, wasn't born in Grand Rapids. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, Spent, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. And then and then when my mother passed away, my biological mother, but I was raised by my stepmom, who I oh. consider my mother, because my okay. mother passed, my biological mother passed when passed with leaving behind seven kids when oh. I was only three years old. My dad lived in Cleveland, Ohio at that time with okay. my uncle Johnny, that you know. Yes. And yes. he sent us down south to Penny Farms, Florida, where we lived with my grandmother and all of our relatives on both the Heyman side and the Sanders side. My really? mom's side was the Sanders side. My father's side was the Heyman side. They both live in this little small town called Penny Farms, Florida and Green Coast Springs, <laughs> Florida. Okay. So right. um, just to make a long story short, I um, lived in Florida for at least two years of my childhood. And okay. then my dad came back to get us after the, he remarried my mother. And we grew up there in Grand Rapids, Michigan, yeah. went to all of my schooling there from grade school, middle school, and then high school. That's where I, I attended Ottawa Hills That's High right. School with you. And from yeah. ninth to 12th grade, we were attending Ottawa Hills together. And as I stated yeah. earlier on the podcast introduction that even though we didn't, we weren't friends, we knew each other and we knew we had that bond with yes. that Heyman family out of Cal out of Cleveland, Ohio, because Pastor Cuts, his family and my family, the Heyman family out of out of Cleveland, Ohio, they were the best of friends. Yeah. I yeah. call it fictive kin. They were like years. they were five years or so. Yes. Yeah, even though they weren't blood, they were 25 years in or plus Amen. of friends. Mm -hmm. Amen. Gospel legendary friends. They were singing the gospel. 
making albums. I remember my Uncle Johnny and my cousins talking about those cuts. They would say, them cuts. That's what they would say. <laughs> and they would, they just love you all. They did. And, and well. their love for you uh, actually spilled over to us. And my late father, right. Reverend uh, Willie Heyman Sr., he knew your dad as well. Oh, yeah. And all. Oh, yeah. They, yes, they knew each other. They all were right around the same Wonderful age. memories. Yes, yeah. same age. And so we are in honor to have you here with us tonight, Pastor James Cuts. And tell us, why do you do what you do? Why do you why do you serve as an associate pastor? Why do you serve as an uh, adjunct professor and a gospel recording artist, to name just a few of the things that you do? What what drives you to do what you do? Again, I'm, I'm, I feel like Jeremiah is like fire shit up in my bones. You know, it motivates me. It, it is God has opened up so many doors beyond education. Of course, I've been blessed to get a master's very late in life. I was almost, I was about almost like fifty when I got my master's. But I give honor to God, who is the head of my life, as we testify. It was not education that did it. It was God who did it. And uh, just to dovetail, I'm, when we connected a month or so ago, even how I became a professor, I didn't even plan on going there to become a professor. I was, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit led me in my soul. Like I said, Jeremiah led me in the spirit to go there. I was looking at taking a uh, pastoral course, actually, um, a few months ago. And when I got there, this is God's truth. I don't even, I, I hope you want to go. Just like when we read all of these miracles in the Bible, and how the spirit of God work in the Bible, but he still works now. And I'm, I'm a living example. I get there to the college, the administrator, um, she told me, said, we, we had a meeting on you. I said, a meeting on me about what? <laughs> so they had in mind for me to become a pastor. I was there like a year ago. Um, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. I left my name just driving in my car. Next day, I get back there this day, to be exact, it was December 5th. Next thing I know, they asked me, would I be a pastor on the campus, as well as a professor, an adjunct professor, and one before time. And, and it just blew my mind because I was always looking for a transition, even mm -hmm. at that time, on those subjects as well. But mm -hmm. God, they said, huh, it just blows my mind how he works and do things. So. All of this started with my parents, you know, at a very young age, um, teaching me about God. And I'll give you another very powerful testimony. I nearly drowned when I, when I was like five years old. Um, my mom was fishing. She kept telling me, he had all the kids with us, two boys, two girls. I think I was like five or six, about five, I say. My mom said, get away from the water, son. Get away, get away. And so this is what drives me now. I, next thing I know, I'm looking at the fish. Next thing I know, I'm trying to play with them, throwing rocks and to do. Next thing uh -huh. I know, I'm in the water with the fish. Oh <laughs> and, my! <laughs> and, and I'm paddling. I'm just trying to keep my head above water. My mom is reaching her hand. They grab my hand, crying, yelling. I, and I was going back further and further. I can remember like looking at you today. Oh and my! I heard. Thank you, Lord. I heard the Holy Spirit as I kept going down. I didn't know God then, I did, but I mm -hmm. heard him in my inner ear, my consciousness tell me mm -hmm. to lean. When I leaned, my mom grabbed my hand and pulled me. And mm. and, and I, I was unconscious, I had enough energy. My brother mm -hmm. and my sister, and there was one other, two other 
uh, one elder lady named Miss Minnie Jones, who was witness at all. Another lady named Mrs. I think is uh, not Gamma Goodlow. I think her name is. She's passed. She's passed on. But they, my mm -hmm. mom pulled water out of me. So again, I feel like I owe God something now. You, all of my days, you've been blessing me, keeping me alive. You've been a great mm -hmm. father. You've been a king. You've been a lord. You've been everything I could even imagine. Now I need to give God something to answer some of your questions. Amen. Amen. And that's a miracle in itself that the yes, Lord sir. spoke to you and in it, in your inner ear, even though you had, didn't know him because he already had a plan for your life and he knew that that was not to end that way. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, that there, there was more to come and you had to live that out. You know, it's time and season for everything. And, mm -hmm. and the season and the time was not at that time for you to leave this earth. And I thank and praise God that he spoke to you in your inner ear, in your spirit, man, actually. Yes, Lord. And he quick at you and you were able to get out of that situation. Today, as we talk about When Men Worship, our title, season three, episode 15 of the Lotus Flower podcast, I want you to tell us why Why did you choose that particular title, Pastor Cuts, When Men Worship? I think that there's a, a, a vendetta a attack on men in particular, in particular, the black male. You know, you heard about Moses, you know, how they tried to kill all of the males first. They tried to get rid of them because they were overpopulated in Egypt. And I think what enemy did meant for evil, God turned around for good. Of course, that's what you uh, yeah. And so God spared Moses and, and, and allowed him to be the deliverer for Israel. Um, and because he had a great work for him. See, man will try to kill you and try to destroy you, but see, God has a way, just like he did for me when I, when I could have, my life could have been claimed, even, you know, by drowning. So yes. that's one of the reasons. God, there's a special move of God. I'm not knocking women, because I have a lady, a pastor, been around the women. I also, I embrace women in ministry. When men worship, see, you got to remember, See, when, when Adam sinned before God, see, mm -hmm. God didn't come to Eve and say, where art thou, Eve? He said, mm -hmm. Adam, where art thou? He asked Adam. Mm -hmm. And do you ever have somebody ask you a question? They already know what you're talking about. He, God already knows. Yes. God knew. God right. was standing right there the whole time. And mm -hmm. so the scripture said it this way. He said, that woman you gave me, so I was... You know, so I was naked. He said, have you ate of the forbidden fruit that I told you not to eat? You know the scripture. Well, so mm -hmm. men now are just like that. Now they're always blaming the woman. They're blaming this situation. Stand up and be a man. A gift God right. you bless. Be Some guys are ashamed to go to church. I'm not ashamed. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been mm -hmm. too good to me. You know, so yes. I give all that I know from my youth and more now than ever before. So you know, worshiping is, is God wants that into me. He wants to have a one-on-one -on -one with you. You know, he wants mm -hmm. to work with you. He likes to show his glory, you know? Yes. Yes. About, yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's excellent. And as we know, this month, the podcast is honoring men, specifically mm -hmm. black men. And in memory of my late husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson, Sr., we want to talk about the significance of the black male in today's society. Mm 
And as you can see on the screen, 42% mm -hmm. of, of children today, they right. grow up without a father in their home. And almost 70% of these yes, kids so. are not emotionally connected to their dads, even if he's in the house. And so that is tragic. As we look at this, many of us grew up with our dads. Many of us had a father figure in our lives. Right. However, many of us did not have a father figure in our mm -hmm. life. Sometimes when we even think of the word father, it can evoke pain in our lives. Mm -hmm. my, my earthly father, my earthly father, he was a broken man. My mm. earthly father reared me, raised me my entire life. Yet and still, he was a broken man. Yes. And in his brokenness, however, his earthly father was actually a pastor in Penny Farms, Florida and in Palaka, Florida. Pastor mm -hmm. two churches. I've heard about him. And, right, right. And he and he raised his children. He was a uh -huh. powerful little short man of God. And I right. believe because of those prayers that he prayed for his, my father, that even in my dad's adult life, he was transformed by the gospel and once again gave his life over to the Lord and became a pastor, an associate mm -hmm. minister, I'm sorry, at a church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And right. for many years, my teenage years, he was a man after God's own heart, starting off as a broken man, but brought, brought him back. Our earthly fathers, when we think about them and we think about how God has given us earthly fathers here on earth, it is not to replace God himself, though. Right. I, I, I believe that it's an introduction to the Father, God himself, mm -hmm. our fathers here on earth, as a type right. and a shadow to who God is in our lives. Can you expound on that a little bit, Pastor, in terms of our natural earthly fathers? And if they were broken or if they were loving or if they were just the most wow. the best father ever, how does that actually set us up? to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because there are an earthly father and they're our first introduction to what a father should be. And we call the Lord Jesus Christ, our father. And sometimes uh -huh. we know as social workers that what we see, it kind of gets stuck in our head and that childhood memory that we have can get stuck in there. And if it was a bad memory, it will inhibit us from being able to embrace father God. And all. So as he as he's our heavenly father, we have these earthly father figures. Does that replace God himself or does it actually point us to the father? I know that's somewhat of a loaded question, but as, <clears throat> as you think about that and preponder it in your spirit. Let us hear what you what you think about that so you can help a man and or a woman that may be listening and or watching tonight? Well, um, first of all, uh, definitely don't replace our father, our heavenly father, you know. I think symbolically that uh, God had great intentions for humanity, again, getting back to Adam and Eve, see, one in 12. See, I, I don't know how, how far to go with this. See, technically, God had the plan in one in 12. Yeah, I looked at this scripture probably a thousand times. 
mm-hmm. then the Holy Spirit pointed it out. And he said he put gold by Pishon. Mm-hmm. It was after when man sinned, after he sinned, then he said, you'll work by the sweat of your bridal. See, originally, we, we God had never intended us to be unhappy, to be mm-hmm. sick, to be mm-hmm. burdened, to be depressed. But because of one man's sin, our earthly original father, which was Adam. How am I doing? I'm trying to make sense. Oh, you're making sense. We all became, had to deal with the sin nature. S I N. I means, and they take the S off, got in, put the S on yes. sin. And so mm-hmm. because of Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. uh, when he said, let us, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Jesus, God, he gave, made him as a sacrificial lamb to uh-huh. save us and redeem us. Only yes. because Jesus lives, we can face tomorrow. So yes. uh, you bear with me because I'm getting caught up here with divine revelation because uh, I don't believe that we're definitely here to replace the Heavenly Father at all. But the man mm-hmm. is the one who God ordained to set the foundation to be the rock for the family. In other words, mm-hmm. uh, um, even husband means houseman in the Latin. Mm-hmm. He keeps things together. He's the one. Uh, his seed is the one, not the woman. It's the man that has the seed. The mm-hmm. woman is a carrier. Common sense mm-hmm. knows that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but the man is the one who God intended is to to reverence him, to look like mm-hmm. him because we're made in his image and in his mm-hmm. likeness. So people have started following after filthy lucre and lust and, and, and alcohol and drugs and all of the stuff from the fall from the fall of Adam and Eve. Yes. God still wants somebody to say yes, Lord, and follow him. Mm-hmm. Now, Pastor, what, what happens when an earthly father that the Lord has given us may walk that out in such a way that it produces negative repercussions on his children. The father may be an alcoholic. The father may be a substance abuser. The father may be one that is verbally and physically abusive, not only to the mother and the kids, but even to himself. And then the child becomes a man and the man goes into the, the church. And he wants to become a member there and give his life over to the Lord. But he keeps having these flashbacks and triggers about his earthly father. That was the drug addict, the wife beater, the neglecting, didn't bring the money home. They were starving. And so they have a hard time relating to Jesus because they think of father as that father that did all those negative things to them. So how can... You, as a pastor, and me as an ordained elder, help that man embrace the heavenly father and let them know that just because that's how your earthly father was, that our mm-hmm. heavenly father, he will never treat us that way. His lo- love is long suffering. He's a graceful God, a merciful God, a loving and faithful, kind God. So how do you as a pastor or even myself as an ordained elder work with with a man that is carrying around that type of baggage that it actually inhibits them from even having one in a relationship with the Lord or being able to even form a relationship with him because of that baggage? 
the scripture said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord shall lift me up. You know, he would, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm summarizing too, but at the same time, I'm sure you've heard the cliche, can't nobody do us like the Lord. The Lord right. has a way, his spirit reaches out. You can't see no spirit. That's why the right. scripture said for of John, we worship God in spirit and truth. He seek and seek those to worship him. Like when I near drowned, I can't explain it in human voice and a humanist that God allowed me to stretch my arm and he he grabbed me through my mother. God right, has right. a way of reaching out to everybody. The word said it this way: you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. So mm -hmm. see, it's like back to Adam and Eve. God is not going to make you do anything. He can, but you're not a robot. He's not a robot. He's not. Right. I try to, you know, he wants a loving relationship. He wants you to, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess. When you start mm -hmm. seeking the Holy Spirit, you draw nigh to him, the Holy Spirit will draw nigh to you. And that's what you call divine fellowship. And, mm -hmm. and I hope that makes sense. And makes we all, sense. we all, even with my father, my as good as a, a man he was, as good as my mother, they couldn't do me like my heavenly father. Right. And, and never will, you know. Right. Right. And so with that being said, you're saying the Lord, and we know the Lord God is a spirit and we must seek him. Those that love him must seek him in spirit and in truth. So the man of God, the man that may be wounded from his childhood mm -hmm. as a man and have experienced all these situations that have been so negative when they right. come into the church, men in the church, especially men, should be able to embrace that broken man mm -hmm. to the degree that they represent Jesus to that person. And help yeah. to restore them back to where they should be because of that rearing that they had, that the enemy wants to keep throwing in their face to keep them from getting that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. yes, yes. Remember this Adam, before, after God had created the heavens and the earth, everything that God did, you know what God did? Yeah, he gave what he a job. He gave him a job to work. <laughs> care yes, for his family yes and i think that gentlemen men have some have some have struggled with working jobs was was what we call education it was mm -hmm. also resources right it was, it, it, it was shelter it was support but the original plan of God, you weren't working in grievance because you grieve by the sweat of your vital you mm -hmm. work in fellowship it's a, it's a joy to work for god he was right. no crazy supervisor that yelling, you ain't doing. It was just to after sin came. So again, a lot of guys don't want to work. They don't want, they don't want to take care of their families. And I encourage them to work as unto the Lord, you know. Right. Uh, and the Lord would take care of us. You know, my father again had a third grade education, but it didn't matter because he was the first Afro-American male who was in a place called Steel Case. Almost nine, nine, ten thousand employees there. My father was the first. My daddy, which makes me mm -hmm. very thankful and proud. Where it wasn't education; it was just mother wit mm -hmm. sense that came from the Holy Spirit. Right. Whatever, that whatever. did it. I was going to explain it, but give the honor. God wants to be credited. He won't share His glory uh, with no man. He wants that right. glory. It's just simple as that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, He does. And um, before we move on. 
I just want to be let the men and women know, and most specifically those men know that you can come to God with your baggage. You don't have to right. come to him all clean and washed right. up and done with the drugs, done with the alcohol, done with being a wife beater or cheater or whatever is going on in your life. You yes. can come to Jesus just as you are and That's he right. will receive you. Mm-hmm. He is a loving and a faithful Can I see God. this? There's a scripture yes. and this is from the message version of the Bible, 312 of Isaiah. When men fail, yes. hear me out, women, the children rebel. Women take over, and the children are uh, that man is found weak. And I'm summarizing because it just came to my spirit. Uh, but when man fail, children rebel. In mm-hmm. other words, women have to stand up. That's why we have so many women. They have to do what they're doing socially That's and right. spiritually. Okay, and then uh, uh, men are considered weak. So a lot of times we men that don't put God first and honor him and really put him like first place in the life in their home, you're always going to be struggling. You know, there's, That's right. You know, there's no other place because God's original plan was to have a relationship with him in the beginning. That's what God has always wanted. But our knucklehead, great, 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 great grandfather messed up by disobeying. He blamed mm-hmm. Eve. Eve mm-hmm. blamed the serpent. Mm-hmm. But God came to Adam. And so that's what we do. All of us, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that God is, he is the Lord. And that's, that's what I know. That's what has brought me this far. And I still need him. Yeah, Amen. All the days of your life, you'll always need God, whether you can recognize him or you can't recognize mm-hmm. him. You know, okay, how young, yes. how old you are. You're all because we're interdependently uh, connected on God. That's right. All of our life from the from the cradle to the grave, all of our lives. I'm a medical social worker and you'd be surprised if sometimes I'm talking with doctors and nurses, RNs, and they don't know what to do. And some Mm -hmm. of them, they turn to God, too. We looked at his where Mm -hmm. all of our help comes from. From the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. He's our father. Oh, yes, he is. In Ephesians chapter three, and it tells us the role of the father, that he was created created out of Father God. And also he has placed in our lives the human being. He designed Mm -hmm. men, like you said, to be a father, to be tangible, to be touchable, to be Mm -hmm. a representation of who he is. Now, let's look at it this way. Like you said, when sin came in, however, it brought forth divorce. It brought forth dads that were Mm -hmm. unloving, dads that were were broken, dads that were full of trauma, dads in this world that just did not know how to be a man after God's own Mm -hmm. heart. But if we look at the scriptures, though, yeah. God, God in the scriptures, even though that man may have walked away, God always provided for the women and the children, for the yes, widows, yes, he did. The, or, the orphans. He, he always provided for them. Because why? Because God said that he would always be a father to the fatherless. 
you know, mm -hmm. but but when I but when our earthly fathers might walk away, the Lord said that he would never leave nor forsake us. But I yeah. but I want you to speak a little bit about God's redemptive nature, because we want to keep this very positive, even though those men might have fallen short and maybe they aren't or can't even at this time do what it takes to be a man after God's own heart or rear their family or even lead their own lives. There is the redemptive nature of God, his grace and mercy in the midst of all the darkness that you might find yourself in, man, that might be listening. God has a redemptive nature and he has grace and mercy that is new every morning. Can you expound on that just a little bit, Pastor, about how God's redemptive nature can restore back a man into his rightful place? I think that man got to feel that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess, get back into humility, get back, knowing that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, that I can't make it on my own. Um, mm -hmm. No matter what age, no matter what color, what race, what ethnicity, get back into getting on your knees, look into your higher power, asking God to bless your family, take care of your children before you leave the world. Not thinking of, I don't care how rich you are, how, how poor. I've, I've been blessed to work with rich people, very, very famous from various perspectives. And I've also worked with people who are, who are just very common, just working, uh, you know, like nine nine to five jobs or whatever. My thing is just, just very, God has a very simple, simplistic plan, you know, mm -hmm. And I'll answer. I believe it's uh, with 3 and 33 of Jeremiah. You, know, you call me, uh, or 33 and 3, rather. You call me, and I will answer. Uh, mm -hmm. his, his, that's his phone number. Call him. Uh, show him that you need him. And then God mm -hmm. will really show us how to be a man, how to take care of The Bible says the man don't work, he don't eat. goes back that's to Adam, the first original father. I mean, mm -hmm. in terms of the earth realm, you know. God still wants to help his people. He said he stands out all day long with his hands stretched out wide to us. Very simple. I think sometimes church people make it more harder than what it really is. You pray, mm -hmm. you call the Lord. He answers us. He wants to have a relationship with us. You know, mm -hmm. and as I yes. mentioned in, in 3 and 12 of, of Isaiah, for the message Bible, because so many men have failed and have turned to liquor and to, uh, to womanize and then you name it, then what has happened that women have stood up to take mm -hmm. care of their homes. Right. As you mentioned, so you have almost what uh, 42% of homes that do not have fathers, 70% right. who don't even have an intimate relationship with their fathers. Right. And I share about my father, one thing back to the Heyman family as well as um, the Cutts family. My, I asked my father years ago, why did you invest so much in music? Why? with uh, a third grade mm -hmm. education. And this is, was his response. He said, when I, when I passed and went on, I want you to know that I, I've tried to do something to connect you back with your heavenly father. That's that it. <laughs> I stopped singing uh, for about 12, 15 years. I stopped playing music um, because I was mm -hmm. in school trying to take care of my family, bring them up the best. But in some ways, and I glorify God this. See, I always say the sugar and salt look alike, <laughs> but they taste different. Um, arrogance right. and, and faith and confidence might look alike. In some mm -hmm. ways, no more and doing more now, getting mm -hmm. awards and 
globally around this world more now than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Oh, because my. I honor my heavenly father. So mm -hmm. I think that, man, my message to them is to go back to church, go back to the roots, go back to the beginning. Simply get on your knees and ask God for forgiveness. Ask God for mm -hmm. help. Ask God to show you the way. Ask God to help you raise your children. And I got a bomb I want to throw. Don't be so quick to bring children in this world. You can't take care of them. Take right. care of them God has given you. Right. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. That's a very good message. Very good nugget that you have dropped for those that are listening or will listen. And, you know, as we spoke about the moms and, and oftentimes you said a little bit about, you know, that that mother and how, you know, if that man is not there, that mother, that woman, she oftentimes will reach back and grab the steering wheel and try to hold it together. She'll try to hold it together herself. That the mom, but the mom, yeah, but the mom was never intended to play both roles. Nope. The Lord did not intend for the mother to be the mother and the father mm -hmm. at the same time because she has a hard enough job being the mother herself. And so this is why we have such a high percentage of dropouts in school because of fatherlessness. We have such a high percentage of children on drugs. Children that are in prostitution, pornography, children that are fatherless, being self-trafficked, and all of that because of fatherlessness. Well, this is a mirror. This is a mirror of the issues that we are going through because yeah. we're lacking, lacking fathers in the home. Yet and still, with God's wisdom, he has placed men like you and others that will be on the podcast to actually be leaders in today's society that if that young man or kid or adult, even an older senior citizen, it might even be older than you that had never had a father figure, needed someone to look to, they have role models that God has put right in front of them. All they have to do is reach out because the Lord said that he would supply all of our needs according to our riches and glory. That just doesn't mean material needs, but the Lord will, he will put a father figure in your midst in front of you to help to, to show you who he is as a father. And yeah. so I thank him. I thank him for that. And so I wanted to ask you, Pastor Cuts, what, what is your father hood story. If you think about your dad, can you think about some memories that you had with him that stick with you even as a man right mm -hmm. now? Well, um, I want to say that my, dad, my father loved um, through uh, providing. He was a great provider. Mm -hmm. Not so much educator. And then also some things with education wasn't always his fault because he fought that racism element from Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Schools might be 30 miles away from it. It's about like well, in Michigan, Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. um, like the, high, the schools might literally be like, I'm just comparing Michigan with Mississippi, like right. Holland or Muskegon. It's so far. And they had to walk. So right. they had the choice of either working in the, uh, on the farm or walking that distance every day. And this is why I say we're so blessed. My yes. father, I was, of course, I wasn't there then, um, or he would have been my father. But um, so my father learned the ethic of working hard 
but with the, with the visual the vision of providing for his wife and his children. So he loved me that way. Now here's a part that I did miss. I'm just sharing this. I hadn't heard my father say verbally, "I love you." Many times I used to miss that that mm -hmm. that piece. Um, mm -hmm. But he always showed it. I was never. I've never seen my father ever ask my mother for five cents, twenty cents. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. very bright. So my thing is, I'm very thankful that my father showed love through protection. Uh, as a provider, but he was a protector. He watched. Mm -hmm. um, we just couldn't be around anybody, you know, mm -hmm. like drugs, alcohol, even in my family. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the people that um, that we thought it was cool to hang out with, my father mm -hmm. said no. Now, even back then, and I say this respectfully, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of the same people that my father made us not protect us not to get around. A lot of them have dead, did a lot of life sentences, jail sentences, mm -hmm. and are dead. He had mm -hmm. an insight. I'm talking about from like 10, 12, 15 years. My father had oh some my. kind of insight that is like, is, is unbelievable, you know? Yes. So I'm thankful for that. That's good. And as a, as, a, as a teenager, as you were coming through, and he wouldn't allow you all, and especially you, around those types of young people, people that influence did, did, yeah. did you did you accept that wholeheartedly or did you <laughs> no, I, rebel I, against I, it? I, I rebelled a lot of times and i think all of my siblings at some point did because we didn't we thought he was being too hard <laughs> as a social worker now um mm -hmm. I, I i keep saying this to, i can't seem to stop saying it i don't think people really realize how good god really is Yes. Because some of the stories that I counsel people with, with uh, people that are on drugs and really struggling, and some things is too as too graphic for me to say now. A lot of yes. it started because they didn't have a father in their home, or they didn't have That's people right. that godly uh, and spiritual and positive uh, a foundation to help them become the best person that they are. So some of them became prostitutes. Some people have been sold in drugs, and the story goes on. Some of it against way too graphic. For me to share here but right. then uh, so my fatherhood stories i'm very thankful that you now my father he taught me how to sing how to play music to glorify my heavenly father now right. um, he didn't read the bible much because he had a third grade education in but like other than those two scriptures spare the rod spoil the child and and mm -hmm. um and he would and it's kind of like joe jackson with the with the michael jackson my father Okay, he said, now that you said you want to play music, if you don't want to, just tell me that you don't want to, but mm -hmm. you're not going to just have to. And so he would pick us up and tear us up. <laughs> I didn't have too many weapons in that area. You know, I have a sister who did, but I okay. didn't I always wanted to do it from my heart and give my best. And so with all of that, that's kind of my childhood story with my father. He always, I mean, he, he would get us, my mom would make him stop. Don't whoop them guys. No, he said he wanted to sing. He wanted to do this. So we were raised up very much like Michael Jackson, but playing music for the church and ministry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And as I said in the introduction, I, I remember your family with Thank my you. family, the Haymans out of yes. Cleveland, Ohio. My Uncle Johnny yes. raised his kids the same way. Right. All of them. They were musically inclined family and they made albums and they sang and my aunt Sophie, that which is your auntie, 
the affected auntie. So, yeah, you know, yeah. even not she's no blood auntie, but she's your auntie right. over 25 yeah. plus years. And yeah. she made their she made their uniforms. Oh, and yeah. My mom did that. Had <laughs> matching uniforms and they yeah. came to Grand Rapids almost once a summer and they would sing at the whole church. And they would just sing for Jesus. Thank and they were just really good friends with the Beautiful Cuts, people. your family. And just, Amen. yes, and same as you all, they only had such good things to share about you and your family. So I thank God for that. Now, um, we, some of us that are listening, we we know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Many of us know how they were all taken from their own country and thrown into a Babylonian prison. And then after that, getting out, living in that Babylonian society, which was totally uh -huh. different from their society. Uh -huh. And how those three young boys, they were put in that uh -huh. situation as, as children. And right. when they were put there, they loved the Lord so much in their hearts that they refused to take the king's rations they refused to take part in the secular society that was going along along all around them. Yes. Now we have we have men in our midst that some of them are Christian men and some mm -hmm. are not that yes. are partaking in all types of situations that actually go against God. Mm. When when however we re when men refuse to get involved in those things that are not like God, he will cause victory to take place in every aspect of their lives when mm -hmm. men worship God. Can you tell us a little bit more about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how that might apply to men today? What these men did. Yes, Lord. Well, see, we may not be in Babylonian. A Babylon or in a Babylonian, but you, you're you're tempted to drink, get high, uh, do this and do that, get away from the order of God and, and God's original plan. And so in the third chapter of Daniel, looking at the 29th verse, therefore I make a decree, any people, nation or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be torn in limbs from limbs. See, God got into the fire when, they, when the king rule them into the fire he said is there three or is there four there's mm -hmm. another one in the fire that looked like the son of man now that's symbolic to remember that god will get into your business you i mean mm -hmm. i don't care and i'm a witness myself and i know many many others um when you begin to worship and and, and honor god and mm -hmm. that's the story says, you draw nigh to me the lord said i'll draw nigh to you he'll come into your business he'll come into your jobs He'll come mm -hmm. in your situation and he'll help you. You don't mm -hmm. have to bow to idols or into secularisms and to all of the stuff that the temptation mm -hmm. brings us in. That's what it was. Or mm -hmm. pure pressure. I mean, right, right. Now, in our world, now we got children raising children, men and right. young kids. How old is your mom? She's just 12 years older than me, 15 years old. You know, and I'm not condemning that. I'm condemning right. that. I'm saying that. At, to be a man of God, a woman, you've got to continually to fight and, and do everything you can do to worship God. And when you That's worship right. God, he will come to where you're at. And, and I heard mm -hmm. you say, in every aspect of your life. I'm very That's angry. right. In yeah. every aspect. 
And and we thank God that, like you said, we're not here to condemn anyone that may have experienced or may be doing something just the opposite because God is a loving and faithful God. And he said that he has a hope and a future for us, that he is merciful. He is just suffering and he will restore us if we only allow him to. He's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force himself into a relationship with us. He's not. When when we think about the story of Jacob in the Bible, and we yeah. think about Jacob and how how Jacob he did some things that were were not so pleasing to the right. Lord. Some of us mm-hmm. know the story. Yes. And when he did these things that were not so pleasing to the Lord, he actually had a mind to repent of mm-hmm. those things and yes. had a such a such a love in his heart for the Lord, even though he had strayed from the Lord until he began to cling to God with all that he knew. And he asked God for forgiveness and the Lord heard him and changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And we thank God that that story, even though it happened centuries ago, is still happening today. That if somebody a man under the sound of our voices, or even a, a teenager, or even a boy that may have done something that was unfavorable in God's sight. The Lord can change that whole situation around. Mm-hmm. People in the streets might know you as Smitty Joe, but the Lord may change that street name into one that is a more respectable name, like Mr. Smith or mm-hmm. Mr. Tommy. Or there is my uncle that I am so proud of to emulate. Can you expound a little bit about how God changed everything around for Jacob? And he even changed his name after he confessed his sin to the Lord. Well, I think that's it. Um, confession, it, it goes a long ways. Just, uh, yes. I'm sorry, Lord. I, I need you. He wrestled with an angel all yes. night long and said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my soul. And yes. and when you, sometimes we get to the stuff that, that give us temporary joy, temporary life. And see his whole family line, even when he was in his mother's womb, know that him and his brother wrestled with each other as twins, Mm -hmm. Jacob and Esau constantly. Mm -hmm. Rebecca, she told stories. She always was a baby in Jacob. Jacob ended up trying to marry two sisters. That's what's what's, what's up with that, you know, Leah and Rachel, you know, and and the the story goes on and on. All the wrongdoings that he did, he had enough sense to come back to his father. And, and, he would let this angel go because that angel is what we call theophany, which is it's, it's, it's God in another form. And right. it's simply in our day, what we call prayer. You know, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if, uh, and they said, uh, what, what is it? It speaks about praying and also repent, turn from their wicked ways. Then you right. hear from heaven. See, sometimes right. we try to hear it from heaven. See, even your wife can't do you like the Lord. You know, right. you know, you know, your wife, your mother, your brother, your father, no, can't yes. nobody. I mean, do you like nobody. Jesus? Do you like Jesus? Your job. I thank God I got, I worked several jobs in social work, but um, 
they can't supply my needs like God can. Jacob That's found right. that out, you know, and God had yes. planned that. And, and I just <laughs> encourage all of my brothers to get back into where it's not sissified or gayfied to clap your hands, rejoice, give God the glory. It, it's a joy for me to do it. You know, just second nature, not religiously either. Uh, um, right. I do it because God is my father. He, I owe him something. And mm -hmm. I think that's what Jacob was doing in this, in this dispensation. That's right. And, and and we speak about this. If you all uh, search this out for yourselves, read uh, Genesis chapter 32, starting right yeah. around the 26th verse. And when we look at that passage of scripture, we see that Jacob was wrestling with God mm -hmm. and that he wrestled with God so, so much so that it dislocated his hip. And yeah. uh, when it dislocated his hip from all that wrestling, he was in pain. And he was at his weakest point. And the Bible tells us that when we are at our weakest point, that is when we are at our strongest point. Because why? Because we then have to rely on the Lord Jesus Christ for our strength. So herein resides this lesson about this name change with Jacob. And it is that Jacob, his victory came as a result, not of his own strength, but because he was desperate, he was desperately weak. He was so desperately weak that he had to cling to the Lord until his blessing came through. Many men under our voice tonight find themselves in these weak conditions, strung out on drugs, addicted to heroin, addicted to crack, addicted to methadone, addicted, addicted to sex, addicted, yeah. addicted to pornography, addicted. Yes. They're, they're weak. But I want you to know that in those weak states that you find yourself in, begin to cling to God, begin to call on his name, call yeah. Jesus and yeah. ask him to rescue you out of that darkness. And he will. Dark place. Yes. It's just like Jacob in the Bible, he will change your name. He will turn it all around and he will make it work out for your good. Because he said in his word that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and that are called according to his word. He can redeem you, my brother, out of any situation that you find yes. yourselves in. He can redeem you out of any situation that you any find situation. yourself in. Yes, he can. Just because there's nothing too hard for, for the Lord. And so I thank and praise him tonight for, for you, Pastor, and for how you have shared so richly with us this, this evening. I did want to um, end on, on this note, and I wanted you to be able to share with us a bit about your musical career. You, as a man of God, have have um, been singing for the Lord almost all your life since you were four years old, started singing with your family. Yeah. And uh, then you sang all the way up with renowned gospel artists, such as the, the Pilgrim Jubilees, sang with the Mighty Clouds of Joy, sang with the Canton Spirituals, just to name a few. Your family, the Wings of Faith, a renowned gospel singing family out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Just a marvelous, strong tower in that city. When you say the name Cuts, 
smiles come to the faces <laughs> of people. They do. Praise God. And we give credit to that. In your bio, you said that at the age of 17, when you accepted your call to preach, you yeah. were performing and appeared with a friend on the Grammy Awards that had won a Grammy. It was the legendary Al Green. Yes, and so. you give credit to Al Green for your overall musical knowledge and your ministry. And I thank God for that, that he said in your bio that you have been a part of several denominations and that you have also worked with Spanish speaking groups mm -hmm. as well. And you have recorded two gospel uh, albums. So tell us a bit more about your gospel recording career and um, what, what it means to you at this time and how does that help you to actually be a man that worships God through your musical industry that you have? But to God be the glory, because all of these music endeavors are just platforms. They're just forms of, they're like podiums or pulpits that yes. allow uh, people to, Christ, if he's lifted up, he would draw all men unto him. Yes, so, he will. Um, all of it, I give God glory and praise. Um, I'm trying to think where Grand Rapids is somewhat a small community, but it's not like, like what is the place you said in Florida? Palaka, <laughs> Florida, and Penny Farms, Florida, <laughs> and Green Coast, Green Coast Springs, Florida. Hey, my relatives out there, y'all yeah. hear me talking about you. So they still, some of them Green. still live down there. Al would come around our house. Uh, we were on Lafayette, Grand Rapids, uh, on Franklin and Lafayette. And he would rehearse with his brothers and then our house. Actually, I got some tapes of him right now. Uh, my dad, I just, just put out this week. And um, so I had a connection with him from a baby, from a young child, um, till I became an adult. And when the Lord had caught me, we were doing a tour in Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana. And we sang at his church. And I think I was age 15 at that time. <laughs> And I'd heard the Lord say to preach, and I held that up until I was like 17 before I just acknowledged my calling. And Al Green heard that when I was at his church. And so um, it's been a blessing. Uh, we don't talk every day. We're not around each other, but that was a blessing. But then you have the others, um, like Marvin Sapp is another great person. He's younger than me, but um, he admired me when we were young. Because there's very, very few people that were playing music at 8, 19 years old. Uh, on a kind of a, a advanced level. Um, mm -hmm. And so I thank God for Marvin. He shared that publicly and he said it to me personally, Pastor Bishop, mm -hmm. Dr. Sapp. So then this is just Grand Rapids alone. So um, mm -hmm. there's just many, many others that like, I think I, I made connection with a lot of groups through my parents. Um, mm -hmm. Back in that day, um, the, the, the Pilgrim Jubilees, uh, the Williams brothers, and it goes on and on and on. They typically didn't go to a hotel. They came and stayed at your house. My mom would be the yes. cook. My dad would pay mm -hmm. for everything at Doc, at Doc McKenzie's. And so we developed fellowship. A lot of them mm -hmm. passed away. But but at the same time, I developed a rapport of a lot of them. A lot of times they stay with us like a day, two, three days, sometimes even a week. And so like the mm -hmm. Harvey Juniors, the Ken Spirituals, when my mom passed, he called me, reached out, just showing love. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the list just goes on and on and on. Doc McKenzie, um, the Williams brothers, um, we've all been friends. And even now, 
at this juncture of my life, I told all these guys that the Lord has put something in my heart to do. And that's the saying, I know I'm not near as good as my brother Marvin said. Bless you, my brother. <laughs> to you. Like I said, I used to say I'm the big brother. Now he's the big brother because he knows way yes. more than <laughs> But to God be yes. glory. The thing is, yeah. um, I've been I've uh, received my first award, uh, my mm -hmm. record thankful. Uh, you can get that on cutsj.com uh, or just look mm -hmm. me up on, on all of the social media platforms. And I think thankful you can't take my joy. Um, cash your cares on them. All of them have been very successful songs on the social mm -hmm. media. Um, and then what most people hear a lot is the boxer Floyd Mayweather Sr. I did use a box a little bit. And so okay. um, there okay. is no fakeness or anything about it is real. God mm -hmm. has Floyd's life through that song. He knows it. I know it. Unfortunately, some people can't see it that way, mm -hmm. but God has mm -hmm. blessed him. I've seen him cry like a little baby and say, they mm -hmm. got, it took me back to his roots. I took an old song that uh -huh. God gave me a revelation to do. And uh, I got with the late uh, Derek Lee, which is Bobby Jones, uh, national uh, MD, with the Isley Brothers and Frankie Beverly. <laughs> there was a secular guys, Kurt Franklin mm -hmm. singers. They coordinated a song for me that I written, rewrote, and it touched this whole nation. It was one of the top great songs on mm -hmm. Sirius radio station. And again, just like, People look at the secular side. Again, they're so secular minded that they can't see the good mm -hmm. of what God has done. That song right. has blessed so many people. Floyd and I, we've been together. Let me say this, uh, a family, uh, I heard um, this mother and father that lost their daughter had died in their sleep. And, mm -hmm. and so my song and Floyd's song brought healing and consolation to their heart. So sometimes oh, people just don't know how to glorify God. I don't know how I'm gonna do the best that I know how to do, and I'll continue mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. That that's you. excellent. Just that's excellent. And what was the name of that song, Pastor? Jesus will fix it. It's an old school song. They're hip slapping and like back. <laughs> you, you might know something about this when the churches used to be storefront church. You hear those. those oh wooden, yes. Those wooden boom. Oh yes. And, and that was kind of feel and sound, but it had uh, I, the Isley Brothers, Frankie Beverly, their musicians played the mm -hmm. music and Kurt Franklin singers in the background. And I, I was like a retired singer. Floyd is a guy who always wanted to sing gospel and, and the Lord opened up that avenue. And so um, as brothers, the Lord has blessed us to bless others. Just, you know, yes. it's as simple as that. It's not to get rich, get famous. It's not, it, it's not you know, it's people just have so many kind of ways they want to bring you down and tear your character. But I'm, I, I chose to glorify and, re, and praise God all of my days. And that's, that's what I excellent. So that's all. That. Is, and that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Bless you, um, Bless you. I would I would like for you to yes, end the podcast with sharing some things that you may have not gotten to share as we spoke. What are some last minute things that you might want to share with the podcast audience before we uh, bring it to a close, Pastor? Without a vision, I think people perish. And I think that, you know, a lot of time we just live day by day. We don't have a plan. Like, like if you have not made a plan into your 20s, your 30s, and then you mess around, got 40, 50, 60, you'll probably mm -hmm. go back up here into your 20s and 30s. I think each day, each decade of your life, start making plans of what you want to do 
for yourself and for your family. Mm -hmm. And then when you yes. leave this life, leave this world, and you mm -hmm. say, my work has been done. You know, yes. just, I think that that's, that's part of the, the role of a man is continue to plan and, yeah, and, and give God the glory and praise. God will honor that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. I thank you for being my special guest this evening and to start off this podcast the month of June as we are honoring Black men and honoring all men for Father's Day. We thank and praise God that he counted it not robbery to put in my spirit to dedicate the entire month of June podcast episodes in the loving memory of my late husband, Reverend Curtis yes. L. Robinson Sr. And okay. thank you so much for saying yes when I reached out and asked you to be my special guest to start us out with men after God's own heart that are willing to share with our podcast listening audience. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Would, would you mind closing us out in prayer? To see. I, I'd be by honor and, and, and then my condolences and the, the passing of your husband. I did, I think I had a chance to meet him at least a couple of times and my prayers for you will continue in this legacy that he will want. And, uh, may the Lord continue to comfort you and give you strength like no one else can do but God. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Father God, first of all, I thank you for um, this Father's Day month, not just the week that's coming up. I pray for Heavenly Father that you help those fathers who are trying to be better fathers and take care of their children and family. I pray, God, you you provide for them. I pray that this uh, this podcast be a blessing to some young man and as well as uh, individuals to just be the best that they can and and every need let every need bow. Now, don't think that is it's it's uh. It's a robbery to get on your knees and look to the hills where all the help comes yes. from because you yes. are God. Besides you, there is no other. I pray in a special way that you just bless them, bless their homes, that there be plenty of food in their cupboards. Let them not uh, uh, be without anything. Show them that you are the, the supplier of all yes. their needs. In the name of Jesus, I ask in this prayer. And I pray that you continue to bless the woman of God, Sister Pam. Bless my life. Bless everyone that I touch and that I communicate with. And I pray that your name get the glory and the praise through your son, Jesus. We thank you right now. And so thank it you, is. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Cuts. Thank you. you. Once again, give us your contact information. Give us how mm -hmm. people can reach out and purchase your products before sure. we go off the screen. Sure. Well, um, Cuts, J Cuts James, C-U-T-T-S, James at yahoo.com if you ever want me and need me to minister or sing or you can contact me that way or my website which is again cutsj.com and that will connect you with spotify um, all of the social media platforms you can write in send your word and i'll be more than glad to connect with you uh they contact you sister pam if they like to right. contact me that's not a problem and um and if you continue to look up, Jesus will fix it. James Cuts and Floyd Mayweather Sr. Um, yes. Someone call us a dynamic duo to God be the glory. <laughs> um, or you can call, um, uh, let me see, or you can uh, thankful the song, thankful. There's several other great songs on there too. And I think that'd be a blessing. 
Amen. Only Amen. what you do for Christ will last. You know, that's what, that's what I'm going to say. Amen. Well, we'll definitely be in contact. We'll post your links and the bottom of that uh, description so people can reach out and be a blessing to you. Be sure to pour back into his ministry. His cash app name is what again? Okay. Well, um, if it, right now, because of so there's so many people invading <laughs> the cash app, I'm what I'm saying, I thank you for that. If you really want to connect with me, cut James at yahoo.com and then I'll connect back with you and give okay. you whatever information you need. Okay. Thank you. Thank so, you so into much. the ministry, so into good ground. And as you sow into good ground, the Lord will replenish back to you. I mean, double, triple fold. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bless you. God bless you and have a good evening. You too. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. We are grateful for our special guest, none other than Pastor James Cutts. Pastor Cutts is a renowned gospel recording artist that was born into a musical family. At the tender age of four, he started singing with his family, the quartet, The Wings of Faith, out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. At the age of 10, he had learned how to play the bass guitar and performed and recorded several songs with his sister. Together, they shared the same stage with notable groups such as the Pilgrim Jubilee, Mighty Clouds of Joy, and the Canton Spirituals, to name a few. Pastor James Cutts, at the age of 17, accepted the call to preach and began performing and making appearances with even Grammy award-winning musical groups, such as The Mighty Clouds of Joy and Al Green. Pastor Cutts earned his master's degree in social work in 2012 and has served as a substance abuse counselor and has worked with children with autism and various other human service agencies. He is currently an adjunct professor at a local Christian college in Grand Rapids, Michigan, as well as an associate pastor at his local church. Many years, Pastor Cutts has been serving the Lord as a faithful man of God. He has been blessed and has found favor with the Lord to be able to be on the same platform as the great Dr. Bobby Jones. He has performed opening acts for such gospel greats as the late James Cleveland, has sang with Kurt Carr and Fred Hammond, just to name a few. Be sure to reach out and support my brother in the Lord, Pastor James Cutts, and pour back into his ministry. I thank and praise the Lord that as he and I attended high school together in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Ottawa Hills High School to be exact, we weren't the best of friends, but we were cordial knowing that the two of us had a thing in common. And that was our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And another thing we had in common was our 
relationship with our family, the Heyman family out of Cleveland, Ohio, my first cousins and my uncle Johnny and my aunt Sophie, which were like my second parents. And they were fictive kin to Pastor James Cutts and his late father, Tommy Cutts Sr. Thank God, Father's Day. The entire month of June, we will be recognizing Black men, Black men that are fathers, that are pastors, that are professors, that are police officers, that are teachers, that are entrepreneurs, that are men that are leading in their communities. Yet and still, even though we are dedicating the podcast to Black men, we want you to know that all men, all men are being honored by the Lotus Flower podcast throughout the month of June. And the women that love these men and the women that support these men, you are being honored as well. So be sure to join us every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. for the Lotus Flower podcast, specifically this month of June. Although most of our listening audience is comprised of women, we want you to know that men come on aboard and listen to the podcast episodes throughout the month of June. We have coming to you each Tuesday evening throughout the month of June at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a man that will come ready to share with you a timely word, a timely story, and words of encouragement from their very own life experience. So don't miss out. Join us Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Lotus Flower Podcast. In memory of my beloved husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr. He passed away suddenly, September 6, 2022, after being diagnosed with end-stage lung cancer. The Lord called him home from labor to reward. And we thank and praise the Lord that he is home with the Lord, resting in the arms of Jesus. In memory of my late husband, I love you, sweetie. And I know that you're smiling down on us tonight and that you are so proud of me and what I'm doing. Thank God. If God were to sit in front of you right now, and were to look you into your eyes. And when he did that, you most likely would be overwhelmed by his love, his mercy, his grace, and his holiness. You would be overwhelmed by just who he is. But I want you to know tonight that God is looking down at you. He is looking you right in your eyes. He is telling you tonight, man, 
woman, child, boy, girl. He's telling you tonight that I love you. I love you. Come to me. Worship me. Serve me. Like Pastor Cutts said, man, it isn't meaning that you are being effeminate if you worship and praise the Lord, if you fall on your face and cry out to him, that is inviting him into your personal space. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He wants you to seek him with your whole heart, mind, body, and soul. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you to have a life that is full of victory, and it is a life that is a quality life, a life that you're going to thrive in. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon his name and know that he loves you and that he will forgive you of all of your sins according to whatever you may have done, the Lord is a just and merciful God and he is here to forgive you and he wants to call you in to himself. So if you don't know the Lord and the pardoning of your sins, ask him into your heart. Ask him to be your Lord and savior, man. Tell him that I want you to come into my heart and live there. Tell him that I'm sorry for the things that I have done. I repent of my sins and I want to receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Let him know tonight that I love you, Lord, and I'm giving my life over to you. Let the Lord know that you want him to lead, guide, and direct your path so that you can begin to walk out this thing called life in a way that will give God the glory and in a way that will help you to be a mighty man of valor and a man after God's own heart and a man that will be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem that we see going on in our world. And men that are listening globally in other countries tonight and that are watching all over the world, know that this message is for you as well. That this timely message tonight that was shared with us from Pastor James Cutts is for you as well. Join us once again next Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time streaming live on the Dr. Pamela Robinson Facebook page and streaming live on the Lotus Flower YouTube channel. And you may listen to the podcast wherever you find your audio podcast. I'm going to now transition to a commercial that will let you know more about the Lotus Flower podcast June episodes featuring Black men and honoring the memory of my late husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson, Sr.
Thank you all once again for joining me this evening for the Lotus Flower Podcast, When Men Worship, Season 3, Episode 15. My special guest once again was the mighty man of God, Pastor James Cutts, a renowned gospel recording artist. He has an earned master's of social work degree. He is an associate pastor as well as an adjunct professor. His links whereby you can contact him are found in the description of tonight's podcast episode. Be sure to tune in once again next week, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, for the Lotus Flower Podcast. My special guest will be none other than Minister Justin Williams, an associate minister at the Mount Zion Baptist Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. In honor of my loving husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson, Sr., the Lotus Flower Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Be blessed.